we can come into your presence and we can enter your gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. And in your presence, there's fullness of joy. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And we're just so grateful for the joy of the Lord, which is our strength and the liberty that we have. We're just so grateful to you. And we're thankful for all that you have done for us or doing for us and will continue to do for us. And we just could never thank you enough. We thank you for your holy written word that'll go out and out. We trust it'll be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Go ahead and have a seat and open your Bibles with me, if you would, to Joshua 24. Joshua 24. And uh, the scriptures will be on the screen. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like to look in the Bible, you can raise your hands. Our ushers will... Anybody need a Bible? You want a Bible? You can raise your hands real high and ushers will get you one. But uh, it's just something, something good about turning in the Bible, don't you think? And... Uh, you know, men bled and died to get this uh, book into our, our laps, and so we need to uh, respect it. Amen? And so uh, bring your Bibles with you. If you don't have one, then we'll, we'll provide one for you. Scriptures are on the screen. Uh, it's dangerous when you just sit and listen to somebody preach and teach and you never check them out in the Word of God. Did you know that's dangerous? How many of you know that's dangerous? So you should always... Not with a judgmental spirit, but you should always judge in line with the word of God what comes across the pulpit. I don't care if it's on television, radio, if it's a local church. You, you, you need to, to check these scriptures out and check these things we're telling you out uh, for yourself. It's, it's, a, it's a point of safety. You understand that? Say, so did you understand that? Okay. All right. So have you found Joshua 24 yet? Have you, have you got that? Today I want to, I'm titling this message today, ICE, ICE, I-C-E, ICE. And we're going to talk about, from a spiritual perspective, the importance of ICE. And you know, it's good to talk about ICE, especially in, in July and what's well, been hot the last uh, few days, hasn't it? You know, it's cooled off a little bit, but boy, it, it has been hot. And uh, you know, I grew up, when, back when I grew up, they had air conditioning, but my mother she didn't she didn't like air conditioning she she didn't like it at all and and so we didn't have an air conditioner and um, so at nighttime we'd have a box fan and I set it up on a chair and I'd sleep on one side and I guess I'd train myself because I'd roll over about every 30 minutes and you know you'd lay on one side and that was sweat completely wet so then you'd turn over and you lay on the other side and the fan would dry the one side off you know I'm talking about sleeping at night we're talking about a house that was about 100 degrees you know <laughs> his old farmhouse well it beat being homeless you know but uh i remember when we finally did get an air conditioner uh i had a neighbor eventually when i got old enough i just told my mother i'm going to have one put in here and he put air a window unit remember those window units and he put i was teaching math at merrimack college at the time and it was a night class and the first day that he installed that air conditioner i had i had been hot and sweat for like 20 some odd years so I was going to make up for lost time so I turned that baby on full blast high everything now my mother was afraid of, of air conditioners she didn't like them and she's not very mechanical I remember I left for to teach the evening class probably about five o'clock it's 100 degrees outside and I came home probably about uh, I guess I got home about quarter to 10 100 degrees and, and but I had that air conditioner turned up full blast and she came to the door she had her flannel nightgown on 
She had her gloves, her winter coat. How do you turn that thing off, you know? So, so we, we got her turned off. And, uh, but how many of you are thankful and appreciative for air conditioning? Amen. And I sure am. So anyway, we're going to talk about ice today. And, you know, from the natural standpoint, what is ice used for? Well, it's used to keep things cool, you know. And uh, it's also used as a preservative to keep things from spoiling. Is that right? Keep food from spoiling. Refreshing. uh, To make things more palatable. Like, how many of you like uh, warm soda? I like warm soda. How many of you like warmed iced tea? That doesn't make sense, does it? Warm iced tea. How many of you like some ice in your tea? And you, you know, in the summertime or, so, or ice in your soda or in your water, whatever the case may be. I've even got the ushers trained. They keep ice in the water up here, nice and cool. I like to have Diet Coke up here, but my wife won't let me do that. But how many of you like ice in your drinks? Okay. And you know, ice can help for healing. Is that right? Like if you sprain your ankle or whatever cut or whatever reduces swelling and believe it or not we need ice in our walk with God now what is the importance of ice in our walk with God the first thing is and they'll have these on the screen for you is choice 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 they're giving my points away don't do that you already know what the next realize say choice boy you guys are quiet today this is church isn't it it's not a funeral parlor is it what's my first point What is it? Choice. Choice. Now, why is it choice? Because we're talking about the importance of ice in the context of the spiritual life in which we live. And the first thing is choice. Do you see the ice there on the end? My wife makes those wonderful, wonderful slides. Thank you for doing that. It's really fantastic. But choice. God created us in his own image and likeness and gave us the right of choice. He gave us the right of choice. So that is what we must do, choice, make choices. In Joshua 24, 15, notice what the Bible says. And it seems, now notice what Joshua, I gave, gave you plenty of time to find Joshua 24, verse 15. Verse 15, Joshua 24, 15, it'll be on the screen. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day. Notice, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river are the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, this Joshua speaking, we will serve the Lord. Notice whether or not you give your life to the Lord Jesus is your choice. It's up to you. God has given us the right and the power of choice. He didn't make you come to church today. You came because you chose to. We're free moral agents with the God-given ability and right to choose and the power to choose. And the most important choice that anybody will ever make is the choice to repent of their sins and to receive Jesus as their savior. That's, that's, that's the, the, uh, the biggest choice that anyone will ever make. But not only to receive him as savior, 
but to receive him as Lord. You know, there's a lot of people just want Jesus as Savior and they want their quote-unquote ticket to heaven, but they don't want to make him Lord. And I'm convinced after years of study that you don't get saved just when you take him as Savior. You get saved when you take him as Savior and Lord. Have you ever noticed, you don't have to turn there, but Romans 10 and 9 says that if we'll confess with our mouth the Savior Jesus, it doesn't say that. It says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus. We have to receive him as Lord. That means that, that we've, we've chosen him as our Savior and as our Lord. Now that's the most important choice that anybody will ever make in the entirety of their life is whether or not you're going to choose to repent of your sins, turn from your sins, and make Jesus your Savior and your Lord. Most important decision anybody will ever make right there. There's no, there's no decision you'll ever face in your life that's more important than that one. Because that's the heaven-hell issue right there. That's the heaven-hell issue. How many of you know God doesn't want anybody to go to hell? He wants everybody to go to heaven. Is that right? But it doesn't happen by accident. There's a choice involved. See, Jesus was born of a virgin, died on the cross, shed his blood, you know, died on the cross, was buried, raised from the dead, and all of that 2,000 years ago. But all of that is in vain as it pertains to you and me if we don't make the choice to turn from our old life and to receive him as Savior and Lord, okay? And in that moment, see, when you make that choice, now your eternal destiny has changed. No longer are you headed for hell, you're headed for heaven, see? That's more important than any any decision to buy a house or to buy a car or where to send your children to school. The most important choice you'll ever make is what are you going to do with the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, Joshua told the people, and it was the Holy Spirit through him, told the people to choose. So you choose. But then he went on to say, as for me and my house, we will what? We will serve the Lord. So you have to make that decision. You must make the choice to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. No one can force you to do that. And even God himself, as much as he wants you to do that, won't force that choice upon you. Now, not only do we have choices, or not only do we have the choice to receive or or reject Jesus, but you know, once you make that choice to accept him, most important choice, but you ever notice your daily life is full of choices? Isn't it? Full of choices? And, and as it pertains to living for God, your daily life is full of choices as to whether or not you're going to live daily for Him or not. The choice to gossip or the choice to backbite or the choice to tell a lie or the choice to steal or the choice to grumble and complain. You know, we all have choices in that. Is that correct? Every single day. And uh, so realize that our life is a life full of choices. We have a bunch of them every day. What's the most important one? What you're going to do with Jesus. Is that right? Now notice this. Whenever you make a choice, it's always followed by a price. That's my second one. Notice that. Isn't that cool? No, you're going too fast. God bless. You're doing good. We still love you. 
I tell you what, I sure wouldn't want her to have a gun with a hair trigger. <laughs> she preaches my sermon quicker than I do. Bang, bang, bang. You okay? So whenever there's a choice, it's followed by a what? By a what? Whenever there's a choice, it's followed by a price. We're talking about the importance of ice. See that there, how that P-R-I-C-E, ice, price. See, if I choose to buy a car, there's a price I have to pay to get it. If I choose to go on a diet, (laughs) there's a price I have to pay. I can't eat everything in sight. It's a price. Has anyone ever gone on a diet besides me? I need to again. You know, if we choose to sin, we'll have to pay the price for that as well. The wages of sin is what? Is death. But did you know that if we choose Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior and we choose to live for him, there's also a price that comes with that. Notice Hebrews 11 verse 24. Hebrews 11 verse 24. Hebrews 11 verse 24. Notice Moses, y'all remember him, don't you? It says, by faith, if you want to please God, you got to live by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Faith is just, faith comes by hearing the word of God, then believing it, act, and then, of course, acting on it. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, so when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, Moses was a Jew, you understand that, Hebrew, you know. But he grew up in Pharaoh's palace. He grew up in the king's court. Is that right? And uh, he got to a point in his life when he became of age, he grew up and he had to make a choice. And he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Because that was a big title back there then. Big title. He's the son of Pharaoh's daughter. That was a powerful thing. He was was most powerful in in Egypt, Moses. How many of you would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than powerful in the tents of the wicked? But see, Moses was faced with that choice. And he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. What's verse 25? What's that first word there? Choosing. Now, whenever there's a choice, it's always followed by a price. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to what? Enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. See, whenever you make a choice to not live for God, that sin, there's a price to be paid the wages of sin is death but whenever you choose to live for God and do what is right there's also a price to be paid for that and here Moses because of his choice he was going to lose his position of power he was going to lose his title and not only that but now he's going to have to have to suffer affliction and hardship with the people of God rather than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. You see, choosing Jesus as your Lord and Savior and living for him will cost us the short-term pleasure 
our flesh gets from sinning. Did you know there is pleasure in sin? You understand that there is pleasure in it. But it's short-lived, it's short-term, and the end result of sin is death. But when you choose to serve God, one of the prices that you're going to have to pay is that your flesh is not going to get to enjoy the short-term pleasures of sin. Also, choosing to serve Jesus will oftentimes cost us a relationship with our friends and family. Do you understand that? And it will cause us to suffer persecution. I remember when I went from junior high, eighth grade in that day, eighth grade into ninth grade, and then as I went on in ninth grade, I I, I got a hold of the things of God. I got a hold of the word of God. I just, just always loved Jesus, but I just really began a relationship with him and and realized that he wanted me to live right and and do right and so on and and I began to to walk right before him and there were some of my friends that just said you know we're not we're not going to have anything more to do with you these are some kids that I knew from the time I was in kindergarten and they walked away from me do you know if you choose to live for God you're going to have some people to walk away from you did you know that That's a price that you have to pay. You'll have family members a lot of times think you're crazy, think you're nuts for serving God. Anybody ever experienced that besides me? You know, they'll make fun of you, talk about you. That's a price. Whenever there's a choice, it's always followed by a price. Don't ever forget that. But if you want all that God has for you, you have to be willing to make a choice for him and then pay the price. Price has to be paid to walk with God. But once you make the choice to serve God and live right before him and you've paid the price for that choice, then you know what's next in these points of ice? God will call you to service. And that's the next one. All right, service. Real loud say service. How many is really glad she doesn't have a gun with a hair trigger? How many is really glad? She's doing the best she can. She's great. She's a wonderful lady. Very, very good. Thank you, Bonnie. We love you. Just don't get a gun with a hair trigger. Realize, say, service. Service. So once there's a choice, then you've got to pay a price. And once you've paid that price, then God's going to call you to service. Did you ever notice that the the people that he called to service, I mean, to really to serve him, had been people that had made... See, there's a difference between just following Jesus and then becoming a disciple and serving him. Do you you understand that? There's a difference between being what I would call a believer and a disciple. You understand a disciple is someone that continues in the word of God. A disciple is someone that, that is a disciplined one. And, and once you step into that area of where you've made a choice to serve God, you've, you've paid the price necessary, then God will call you to service. If you notice the people there, like those seven men there in the book of Acts, I believe it was seven of them that he set into, they set, in, set them into positions of, of, of service there in the, 
church there in, in, in the book of Acts there in the first couple of chapters, there were men that if you studied out, they had made a choice to serve God. They'd paid the necessary price. And now they've been called to service. And that's what God has for all of us. He wants us to choose the Lord Jesus, pay the necessary price that goes along with that, and then he'll call us into service. Again, real loud, say service. 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 See, and again, there's a difference between people just following Jesus and then people really serving him. Do you understand that? I don't know about you. I don't want to just follow Jesus. I want to serve him as well. And... When he calls us to service, and I could teach hours on this. I'm just going to give this to you in a minute or two. Three basic things. First of all, he calls you to service as a soul winner. The most important service that we have to the Lord is our service as a soul winner, telling others about the Lord Jesus. Telling others about the goodness of God. Telling others of, 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 of how, how wonderful it is to serve him, telling others about what he did at Calvary when he died upon the cross, you know, telling other people about how good heaven is and how warning them of the dangers of hell. And then the second thing as it pertains to service is God wants us all to be good examples of what a Christian should be. How many of you know we're all representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ and we ought to represent him well? I'm convinced one reason that more sinners don't want a relationship with Jesus is because they see Christians that are living worldly, loose, lackadaisical lives. And they see Christians that have more problems than they do and why would they want a God that... See, Christians don't often represent God well. How many of you know none of us are perfect? Is that right? But if we've walked with God any length of time, there comes a point where we ought to be a good example in our service to the Lord where the sinner looks at us and says, you know, they've got something I don't have. They've got joy in their life that I don't have. They've got a happiness there that I don't have. They've got, I like to say it like this, a skip in their step and a glide in their stride that I don't have. You know, that's how my wife got saved. That's how she came to the Lord many years ago because she was, she was lost in sin and, and things were going miserably for her. And she was in school, I guess, what, about ninth grade or something like that, somewhere along those lines, ninth or 10th grade, somewhere in there. And she sat down with some other girls that she was going to school with that they just were happy. And she said, why are you happy? And they said, because we, we have Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And, and then my wife, she wanted in on that. You understand? So he'll call us as a soul winner to service as a soul winner, just being a good example of a Christian. And, and then finally, as it pertains to service, he'll call all of us to serve somehow in the local church. Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so he will call you. If you've made the choice to live for him, you've paid the price, he'll call you to service in the local church. 
I've said this many, many, hundreds of times over the years. Sometimes people get mad at me for saying it, but it's true. You, you can't possibly be in the perfect will of God for your life if you don't have a local church where God has assigned you to and you attend there regularly and serve somehow in that local church. Do you understand that? He's got a, an assignment for everyone in the local church. Jesus said again, he'll, he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So you need to be part of the church, part of the local church. And he's got an assignment for everyone. I tell you, around here, we're doing very, very well, but we could always use more workers in the children's church. We've got an excellent children's church over there. We could always use some more workers over there. The worship team, they're doing a great job. We could use some more singers and some more musicians. You understand that? Use some more ushers. I mean, just just be seeking the Lord as to what he would have you to do because, uh, uh, you know, He wants you to be in service for him. And one of the places that he'll assign you is into the local church doing something within that setting. But you know what? With every choice, there's a price. With every uh, 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 assignment of service, there is a sacrifice. And that's the next one there. Hey, she, way to go. You got it. Fantastic. I'm so proud of her. She's she's really a great lady. Realize, say sacrifice. Sacrifice. With every choice, there is a price. And with every service, there is a sacrifice. Do you understand that? I'm going to say it again. With every choice, there is a price. And with every act of service, there is a sacrifice. We're talking about the power of ice here today. A sacrifice. Notice Matthew 16, verse 23 in the Amplified Bible. Matthew 16, verse 23 in the Amplified Bible. Notice what Jesus said to his disciples. Do I have the right verse? It's 20, uh, I guess it's 24, I'm sorry. It's my mistake. Matthew 16, 24. Okay, then thank you. Then that was my mistake. Then Jesus said to his, to his who? To his disciples. These are, these are people who have chosen. See, they've made a choice for him as Lord and Savior. They've paid the price that goes along with that. And now they're in service to him. And notice what he says to these people, to to these disciples. Notice what he says. He says, if anyone desires to be my disciple, let him what? Deny himself. himself. Now that goes against just about everything that we've been taught in recent years here in America. Do you understand that? What Jesus said right there to people who have made a choice, they've paid a price, they're in service to him, with service comes a sacrifice. He says, if anyone desires to be that person, let him pamper himself or let him what? Deny himself. You realize that goes against with basically everything that is taught here in the United States of America in this hour. It's all about pampering ourselves and what we can get for ourselves and but Jesus said, let him what? Deny himself. Notice what the Amplified Bible does. It amplifies what that means. Disregard, lose sight of, and forget himself and his own interests. And that's one reason that you don't have more people in service to the Lord because they don't want to make that what? That sacrifice. Sacrifice. 
Because with service comes what? Comes sacrifice. And there is a sacrifice to serve the Lord. There is a sacrifice that comes with serving him. If anyone desires to be my disciple, let him deny himself, disregard, lose sight of, and forget himself and his own interests. And take up his cross. See, cross has to do with the crucifying of the flesh or putting your flesh under. Let him take up his cross, Jesus said, and follow me. Cleave, that doesn't mean just to to walk after him. It means to cleave steadfastly to me, conform wholly to my example in living, and if need be, in what? Dying also. That's sacrifice. See, if you're going to be in the service of the Lord, if you're going to be in service to him, you're going to have to set your calendar up around him and not expect him to set his calendar up around you. You know what I mean by that schedule? If you're going to be in service to the Lord, you set your schedule up around him, not the other way around. I remember when I was much younger as I began to serve in the church back years ago, long before I was married, long before we ever started this church. I had made the choice for Jesus. I had been rejected by most of who I thought were my friends. And I'd been made fun of at school because, you know, I, 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 I wasn't going to do drugs. I wasn't going to do the, the illicit sex. And I'm not saying that I'm anything because I'm not. But, but, you know, Jesus will change you, you know. And so I'd paid that price family members, some of them think I'm crazy and all that. I'm going back to when I'm in, 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 uh, in, in high school and then into, I guess, into, into college now. I'm going to college. This is back in the 80s, I guess, the 82, 83, 84, right in there. So I'm in college. And uh, so I remember I, I had uh, uh, volunteered and they, they had a need in the sound department. So I had volunteered to do the sound. And uh, I remember this was a Wednesday evening and it was, uh, it was getting up about five o'clock in the evening and I was supposed to be at the church at six because the service started at seven and I was supposed to be there about an hour early to get the sound ready. And I remember, I remember calling the pastor at about five o'clock and I said, I won't be there tonight. The golf pro has invited me to play golf. Well, at least I made the call and I was honest. But I wasn't ready to make the what? The sacrifice. But as years came and went, I got the revelation that with service comes sacrifice. And God got that through to me and uh, I got that revelation, thank God, and I can't tell you how many times we, over the many years, we gave, my wife and I, we gave up things that we wanted to do. Because back in, in our day, the church we went to, you know, there was service Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. There's a lot of things we'd like to do Sunday night, a lot of things we like to do Wednesday night. But we didn't do it because God had a meeting going on. 
So we didn't go do what we wanted to do. We did what God had set up. Did you hear me? I said, did you hear me? And, and so there's, there's days, I remember some Sundays we'd get to church because we both served in the church, you know, volunteer capacity. We both, we'd get there, the church started at 10, we'd get there like nine o'clock and we'd have service till, and that church had longer service than we do here. So we'd get out sometimes 1230, we'd just about get home and get settled in and have to go back again in the evening. We did that for years and years and years, Wednesday night. Now I'm not drawing attention to us, I'm just saying that with service comes a Sacrifice. Most people aren't that I've met over the years aren't willing to pay that sacrifice. I tell you what, if you serve God, listen carefully to me. If you serve God, payday doesn't always come every Friday. It doesn't always come the end of the month. It doesn't always come the end of the year. But it will come. Now I'm living proof along with my wife that if you serve God long enough with a good and right heart and you sacrifice that the day will come when all your bills will be paid. I said all your bills will be paid. Not only personally, but all in the church. You'll have money ahead. You'll be in good shape. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Can you say amen? We're living proof of that. But you see, I didn't have that revelation when I called that pastor and said, I won't be there tonight. I left him on the hook. Do you, do you understand that? He needed a sound man at at six o'clock and now I'm going to go play golf. Snap last minute decision. I wasn't willing to make a sacrifice. But I tell you what, if you're going to serve God, it comes with a sacrifice. You understand that? But I tell you what, it's sure worth making that sacrifice for him because it'll pay off in the long run. Just two more points of ice here. The next one is, second to last one, is that once you've made the choice to live for the Lord, you've paid the price, you're in service to him, You've sacrificed. Then the next one is, you know what we all need to be? I said, we all need to be. We all need to be what? This could be one of the most important points of the message. Not the most important one, but equal to. Real loud, say nice. Do you know I've met a lot of Christians over the years that aren't very nice? I've met a lot of Christians over the years that aren't very nice. I've met a lot of pastors over the years, not very nice. They're one way behind the pulpit, but you catch them out and afterward, they're not very nice. Realize, say nice. We need to be nice. I've met a lot of Christians. They're not very nice, are they? <laughs> Dale, we've met a lot of Christians, not very nice, haven't we? Look at Ephesians 4.32. One of the greatest things we could do as a Christian is be, be what? Be nice. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind or nice, we could say to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. How many of you glad God was nice to us? So we ought to be nice to other people. Just be nice. 
That's one of the greatest points of ice that there is, is nice. Just be nice. Just show me a nice Christian. Just show me somebody that's nice. How many of you, when you went into, a, how many of you ever went into a class in high school or, or college or somewhere and you sit down and one of the biggest things is when the teacher walks in, you wanna, you're hoping that they're gonna be nice. nice. I had one guy when I was in engineering physics at Umsel, his name was Jake. I won't call the last name. They called him Jake the Snake. He was mean, I mean, tough, tough, tough man. And uh, I remember he came in, you know the old saying, you come in to class and you tell the students, you know, look to your right, look to your left. And by the end of the semester, one of you is gonna be gone. Is it? He came in, he said, look to your right, look to your left. Now look at yourself. By the end of the semester, when I get through you, with you, all three of you is gonna be gone. <laughs> so he wasn't very nice. But you know, as Christians, we ought to be nice. Is that right? And then the final point here is if you've made the choice to live for God, you've paid the price, you're in service to him, you've made a sacrifice and you've decided to be nice, then you'll be in a position to what? Rejoice. Rejoice. Let's close in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Because you see, if you do the points of ice that we've talked about here today, the devil's gonna come against you and attack you. You know one thing the devil hates as much as anything is a nice Christian. He wants Christians to be sour and sour grapes. Because see, when we're that way, we're not a good example for Jesus. But if we'll do these points of ice, we'll get in a position where God will be able to use us and then the devil will attack us. But there's good news here. Let's read 1 Peter 4.12. Beloved, do not think it's strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But what? Rejoice. Rejoice. That's a command from God. Rejoice when, when you're in that fiery trial that the devil's coming against. Because like I said, if you do these points of ice, you're going to be in a position where God's going to, the hand of God will come on you. He'll start using you. And then the devil will attack you. But when that fiery trial comes, real loud say rejoice. Rejoice Rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, when he, he comes, you may be glad. See, there's rejoicing with exceeding joy. I tell you, if you'll do these points of ice, one day I believe Jesus will tell you, well done, good and faithful servant. Won't that be a time to rejoice then, certainly. But we can rejoice now because the Bible tells us to. Verse 14, if you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the spirit of glory and, and God rests upon you. Notice verse 16. It, it, yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify or rejoice in, we could say, God in this matter. Did you get anything out of this today? Did you get anything out of this? So what's the first point? What was the title of the message? Ice. What was the first point? Choice. Choice. And with a choice comes a? And once we've paid that price, he calls us to? And with that service comes? And he wants all of us to be? And once we've done all that, the devil attacks us, then we should? 
stand with me if you would. Praise God. So glad you came today. Thanks for coming. Hope this helped you in some way. The word of God will always help you if you let it. Heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here today and you've never made that choice to repent of your sins and accept Jesus into your heart, you need to do that before you leave here today. There'll be some men and women standing up front here when we dismiss in just seconds from now. If you've never made the choice for Jesus to make him Lord and Savior of your life,